welcome into TYT's A Conversation. It's your host, Adrian Lawrence. And today I have joining me Emmy nominated documentary film producer and attorney, Andy Hale. Thanks so much for joining us, Andy. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yes, so I know you have extensive experience having Netflix documentaries and really capturing and captivating audiences as it concerns false convictions, when it concerns exonerations, a lot of wrongful incarcerations. And recently we saw the situation with Adnan Said after he was released after 23 years of serving a life sentence for the murder of an ex-girlfriend. When you saw that he was released, what did it say to you? Well, a couple things. Um, just when I heard the reasons why, and one of the reasons was Brady violations, meaning the state didn't turn over exculpatory evidence in their file. And in this particular case, evidence pertaining to you know two alternative suspects, it makes you wanna scream. I mean, to not turn things over, okay? And, and just that just to me, Oh my God, it makes me crazy. That was the first thing. The second thing was I had listened to the serial podcast way back in the day. And based on that, you know, I can't remember all the details, but I was kind of like, I don't know, this guy kind of sounds like he's guilty. And then all this new stuff comes out about the case, and you're like, oh my God, there's so much more to this story. So I was really pretty surprised by the whole thing. Yeah, I would imagine, especially if an individual with your background who follows stories like this, who has a lot of experience in terms of civil rights matters and ensuring people are afforded justice, especially those who are wrongfully incarcerated and convicted. And so when we saw Syed be released, it really seemed like I'm sure it was a breath of fresh air for him. But then when it comes to the system, and as you mentioned, the Brady violation and not turning over that exculpatory evidence, it doesn't necessarily make you feel safe that you know the justice system won't convict you wrongfully. No, you know, to me, it's actually, you know, I've had, I've been lucky enough to have a, get a few people out of prison. Um, Cleve Heidelberg and Pure after 47 years, and Terrence Haynes and Kankakee after 22 years. When they walk out the door, you know, yeah, of course you're excited they're they're coming, they're free, but there's a huge sadness to me, right? Because it's just, it's a validation that this person, the system got it wrong. The person lost a huge chunk of their life. So when Adnan Sayad, you know, and he walked out, now he's not free yet. The state's got 30 days to decide if they're gonna retry him or not. I'd be shocked if they're gonna retry him. This, they're not retrying this guy. So he will be free soon. But it it just you're happy for him, but at the same time, you're just incredibly, incredibly distraught over the fact that he lost 23 years of his life, especially the case, you know, we have a lot of wrongful convictions where Nobody did anything wrong. A witness got it wrong, maybe by an innocent mistake. That that happens a lot. But in a case like this, where you've got Brady violations and you've got what looks to be like intentionally withholding conduct uh, documents, evidence that could prove other people were involved, not playing fair, having a motive, trying to basically fit a square peg in a round hole, that's when you just realize how scary it can be to be charged with something and how hard it is to prove your innocence. Absolutely, no, that's definitely the feeling I had in terms of yes, it's great that he's out at the same time. 
This is really scary. It doesn't give you that much confidence in the system, especially when, as in this case here, they had exculpatory evidence. There were things out there that said you probably have the wrong guy, but they were so committed to making sure that they could pin the murder on someone, and this man seemed like he would be a great fit, and they went ahead and moved forward with it. And so those 23 years, as we know, can't come back. No, you know, and I think. Um, I got to give a shout out to the undisclosed podcast and the work Sarah Simpson did. When I listened to one of her episodes about the audio tape of that interview of Jay Wilds, where he's getting coached, there's tapping on the table, there's long pauses. It is so clear to me, in my opinion, that those detectives knew this guy had no clue. They were feeding him a story, in my opinion, and you know, it just you could see how little how how non-reliable this guy was. And he was basically the state star witness, you know, and I think I always say this, you know, I mean, too often times detectives and state's attorneys don't just really, you know, they they want a conviction, right? They want to close the case. And there's a rush to judgment and there's a decision made. I think this is the guy. My gut tells me this is the guy. And there's really no evidence to support it. And like you said just a minute ago, it is scary because it could happen to anyone. Yeah, and as we know, it's definitely more likely to happen to the melanated people like myself. And it's incredibly- That is true. Yeah, I think it's worth seven true. or eight times more likely to be wrongfully convicted of murder. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I mean, I think, I think that played a part in this case. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it absolutely played a part in this case. They looked at this guy, they saw who he was, this Muslim guy with dark skin and the ex-boyfriend. There's no evidence against Adnan Sayed in the case. I mean, there was nothing. They built a case based on them thinking he was the guy. But I just I'm disappointed that um, you know, the way the way it played out, that the first narrative basically didn't tell you the whole story. And I think a lot of times. It's great to shine a light on the case. Serial definitely did that. It shined a light on the case. But I think, you know, it shined a little bit of an incomplete light on the case. And now you see how much more there is to the story. And you've got to really be careful if you're going to shine a light on it that you really try to flush it out and tell the whole story, you know? Absolutely, and I'm wondering if there are gonna be any repercussions in terms of punishment and penalty for those who were involved who sped ahead with the case, regardless of the fact that there was exculpatory evidence and there was coaching, and I agree with you in terms of their star witness. Is anybody facing any kind of accountability? Well, my prediction is this, my prediction is the state's gonna, I think this decision came down September 19th. 30 days would be October 19th. I think they're gonna nolly-pross the case, which means they're gonna dismiss it, which means the conviction is vacated and he's exonerated. I think you will see a lawsuit. You should see a lawsuit, that's what I think. Based on what I know, I think there's gonna be a lawsuit. Um, uh, and that is something that if, if, if his lawyers who know a lot more about the case than me, if they feel like it has merit, that is the vehicle you use to try to bring attention to the case, to have accountability to the case, to try to make people do their jobs. 
Yeah, and that's something that definitely needs to happen. Uh, and it, it kind of does suck that they even have to file a lawsuit as opposed to the state taking its own initiative uh, to hold itself accountable. Um, no, it makes you have to you know, rally everything together and to go through the system again, a system that has wronged you. Right. Um, yeah. Well, you know, like Illinois, for instance, we have by statute, you can apply for something called a certificate of innocence and you can get state compensation. The problem is in most states, it's 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 not much money. So in Illinois, I think the cap is like $275,000. So I mean, that's that's not compensation for 23 years in prison, you know. Other times, I mean, it depends what, you know, the city of Baltimore would do. Um, you know, sometimes cities just settle cases if they feel like the case has merit, so they don't have a big legal fight. But I'll be very curious to see how this plays out from here. Yes, uh, as will I. Um, the thing is, we definitely are very grateful to have attention to be placed on this case and for it to ultimately end up with his freedom at the same time. It really does show you that the system is not working as it is supposed to work. But in terms of the work that you're doing, are you working on anything in particular right now? Yeah, you know, I'm going through um, a case where uh, I'm representing a gentleman, uh, Chester Weger. He's 83 years old. He got convicted of the Star of Rock murders in 1960. He spent over 60 years in prison. It would be, I believe, we have strong, strong evidence of his innocence. I actually, your timing's perfect. I dropped off all my evidence with the state's attorney's office today. Today. And we're trying to prove his innocence. And if we do, and I think we will, it would by far be the longest conviction in US history. And another incredibly tragic, sad case. That is very sad, but I'm glad to hear that there is a possibility for the truth to um, just radiate and emanate from the courthouse steps. That would be grand. And so I know all the work that you do is extremely important. And what do you think is going to happen next now that you turned over all the evidence? I guess what's the next step? The next step would be for me to have a meeting with the state's attorney's office. I'm hoping they do the right thing and vacate the conviction if they say no, which I hope they don't. I'll have to file something with the court. And again, like you said, that will be another battle for years. I did a whole long podcast about it called uh, The Star of Rock Murders with Andy Hale. 17 episodes, 16 or 17 episodes. We took a deep, deep dive into the case because there was an HBO special on the case in December, which told a little bit of the story, shined a little bit of a light on it, but not in a deep dive way. And so, uh, we did a podcast to bring attention to the case. And then it also helped me develop tips and more information. And we're at a point now where we have really, I think, just completely dismantled the state's case against Chester Weger after all this time. Wow, wow, that is uh, that's a very powerful thing. And I'm excited to see where the case goes and hopefully you will get the results of exoneration because that would be absolutely and utterly fantastic. And if there are people out there who want in your journey, where can they get information? Um, Andy Hale uh, at Hale and Monaco. Uh, Andy at HaleMonaco.com is my email address, and my Twitter is Andy M Hale ESQ. So um, I always tell people I'm I'm all ears. If anybody out there thinks they know somebody who's wrongfully convicted, I'd love to hear about it. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much for sharing your voice and your knowledge with us today, as well as for all the work that you do. Anytime.
It's more conversation time. It's also more Adrian Lawrence. And this time I am joined by the founder of Voices of Healthcare Action. That's Laura Packard. Thanks for joining us, Laura. Thanks for having me. Yes, so as we near the midterms, the Republicans are they're spouting all sorts of stuff, including this commitment to America agenda, which seems to include health care. What's your take on it? Well, they're promising all kinds of things such as listening to doctors, which I find interesting considering all of these abortion bans that have been passed without listening to doctors. And they promise lower costs, which I also find interesting given that not a single Republican voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. Which is going to be lowering drug costs for seniors, as well as keeping health insurance premiums lower for people on the Affordable Care Act. So they are spouting all kinds of words, but when it comes to their actions, they're nowhere to be seen. Yeah, it sounds kind of GOP general and how they do business. But what is specific about the commitment to America agenda that really gives you pause? And we know that they've definitely been trying to dismantle the Affordable Care Act for some time now. But it almost seems like is this something that they are potentially going to do under the guise of this commitment to America? Well, they're not talking about it publicly anymore, but there is a court case in Texas, of course, going on right now that threatens some of the protections that we've all taken for granted the past few years to be able to get no cost preventative care, such as mammograms and a regular checkup with your doctor for free. This court case could threaten all those things, and it's all the usual suspects that are pushing these court cases. So they may not be talking publicly about their attacks on our care, but they're still happening. Absolutely, and I know you had your own fight with cancer and you end up having to fight your US Senator and President to keep your health insurance. Yes, five years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And the day after my first chemotherapy appointment, Republicans in the US House voted to dismantle the Affordable Care Act, which was keeping me alive. And then they threw a big party about it. So while I was going through treatment throughout 2017, I would go to chemo and then go to a protest. I would go to radiation and then go try and talk to my US Senator. And unfortunately, I was thrown out of that event. Yikes, wow. And I'm sure that did not feel good whatsoever, knowing that this is the care that is saving you and keeping you alive. Yet at the same time, so many members of Congress are trying to eliminate it, even though it serves the people and helps advance the people, especially when it comes to healthcare. God, so in terms of what you think people need to do, maybe to get the word out or to understand about this commitment to America agenda, what do you think that is? Well, I think you can just look at your representatives or your senator's record and see, did they vote for the Inflation Reduction Act or did they not? Because part of that was lowering the cost of prescription drugs for seniors and capping insulin prices at insulin copays at $35 a month. But it was Republicans in the US Senate that asked the parliamentarian to strip out the piece that it would have lowered insulin costs for everybody. So they are not at all interested in lowering the costs of our care. They're only interested in increasing profits for big pharma. 
Yep, that definitely seems to be something on their agenda. And that take seems to be especially dangerous. Yet so many people out there are still voting in alignment with the GOP, even though it is against their best interest. And so for those people out there, I guess, what would you say to them? Uh, just look at the records of uh, how your people have voted because they will say all kinds of things. It's an election season, um, but where where it really comes down to it is how have they voted. And not a single Republican voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. And almost all the Republicans supported stripping away the Affordable Care Act a few years ago. And we know if they come back into power, they'll just try to do the same thing again. And what was it about the Inflation Reduction Act that was so problematic in terms of health care? Well, as for why Republicans voted against it, you'd have to ask them. But they just refused to do their job, which is helping support the health care of all of us in favor of trying to score political points. Yeah, now that definitely is something that they very much is a common refrain from them. And so as it as it concerns your work as the founder of the Voices of Healthcare Action, what are you focused on right now with the midterms coming up? Well, I am coming to you from Concord, New Hampshire. Today was the first day of a nationwide bus tour with Protect Our Care. So we are going to over 20 states many thousands of miles to tell the American people about what's in the Inflation Reduction Act and also spread the good news of how seniors are going to have their prescription drug copays capped at $2,000 a year. That Medicare is finally gonna negotiate lower drug prices. Affordable Care Act policies will remain affordable for the next three years. And there's so much in this bill that people don't even know about yet, but when they hear about it, it's approval just keeps rising. Oh Well, that's fantastic. That is utterly fantastic. And hopefully people will fully appreciate who brought that to them and who wants to bring more to them. It's just a matter of ensuring that they're voting for people who actually want to make their lives easier, particularly as it concerns healthcare. And so as you do this bus tour, are you gonna hit any particular regions of the United States? Well, we're going all over. So we're, we started in Maine this morning and we're working our way down the coast. We have Connecticut and Pennsylvania and down to West Virginia. And then I believe we, we keep going. We are hitting Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio and Florida and Georgia and all over. So hopefully you will see us on the road and you can go to protectourcare.org slash bus dash tour to find out where we're going to be and when. Fantastic. So in addition to providing people with information about what's available to them under these new bills, what else are you providing them with in terms of whether it's knowledge, resources, access? Well, we have several great storytellers at each stop sharing their personal stories. We're talking to the local press to help spread the word about what's in this bill. And we also have some of the lawmakers that voted for it to come out and talk about what they supported and why. So today we had Representative Chris Pappas that talked about his vote and we have more to come. Fantastic. All right, so in addition to that and other work that you are doing, what do you have, I guess, coming up on the forefront post midterms maybe? 
Well, I think a lot uh, depends on you, the people watching. Uh, who you vote for, who you elect will have a lot to do with what we, we can do next year. Because this bill was a good start. We finally took on Big Pharma and won. Uh, so Medicare can negotiate some drug prices, but our work isn't done. We need to keep working to make sure that everyone can have affordable health care. And that means we need you watching to get out and vote for better people next year. So we have more to work with. Absolutely, I think that's something that we can all get behind and hopefully people will get there when they are voting in their ballot boxes. That's incredibly important. And I know it seems that on the horizon, if not, it's definitely here. But in terms of the healthcare with access to abortion and that being such a pivotal thing that will hopefully get people out to vote this November. In terms of the healthcare options, is that also something that you're gonna be tackling in your conversation? Uh, absolutely, because uh, abortion is healthcare, and we've already seen uh, heart-wrenching stories of a woman in Ohio that had cancer and couldn't get chemotherapy because of their abortion ban. I think there were multiple uh, women in Texas that also shared their stories that uh, there are all kinds of uh, there are drugs out there for people with chronic illnesses that they can't get access to right now because of those abortion bans. There are women with complicated pregnancies. Uh, that uh, ectopian uh, pregnancies that can't get the care they need to thrive and even to stay alive because of these bans. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, hopefully they're starting to see what the GOP agenda really looks like in terms of being able to uh, dictate how uh, how you want your body used and what you want to do with it. But also just to be able to access basic um, health care and to have those options available. and so. Hopefully people at the polls will actually show us that they do want to have healthcare options and they want opportunity. But that's one of those things we are going to have to hope for the best. But knowing the work that you're doing for Voices of Healthcare Action will hopefully give people the knowledge that they need to make the right decision for them. And so with all the people out there that you hope to touch their lives, to share knowledge and information with them as you go on this bus tour, what do you want people to be prepared for? What do you want them to know? Well, you should take a look at the rules in your state because several states have changed their rules. Make sure that you're still registered to vote and look that up information up now because if there's any issue, you have time to fix it in time for the election. Look up the early voting or absentee voting rules in your state because as we saw with the hurricane in Florida, things happen. And so if you are planning to vote on election day, Things happen, and so if possible, you absolutely should vote early or vote by mail. Get your vote in in time in case anything at all happens. Yes, yes, and I really love that you brought that up because Florida, God help them with Hurricane Ian, and I'm sure the recovery efforts that'll happen. We definitely want people to still come out and make sure that they vote. I know they are going through all sorts of disaster down there, and we're definitely keeping them in our thoughts and prayers without a doubt. But it's so incredibly important that they use their voice to determine the leadership that they want and the future that they want. And so for those out there who would love to get involved to support Voices of Healthcare Action, where should they go? 
well, first of all, if you're interested in getting involved in the bus tour, you should go to protectourcare.org slash bus dash tour for our schedule and our stops. You can follow me on Twitter at L Packard or Facebook or Instagram at Laura Packard Activist to hear more from the road and how you can get involved now and after the election. Fantastic, thank you so much for joining us, Laura. We really appreciate all the work that you do and the message that you are sending. Thank you.